Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com don't forget ladies and gentlemen in the podcast description or podcast notes in your podcast app you can get access to all of our sponsors all of the products that we talk about in the podcast and contact information for paul and martin proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about? Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Back with Squared Away episode 17. Holy crap. What have you been up to, my good man? Oh, a lot of work, but looking forward to a little holiday weekend coming up. Fourth of July. I forget we record these a week ahead of time. So then when we talk (laughs) about a day, then it's a week past and everybody's like, yeah, fourth of July was last weekend, assholes. But uh, okay, what let's let's catch up with our squared away because we kind of skipped over it last week with our uh, our Q and A, our rapid fire Q and A. So let's get into it. I like that rapid fire stuff. I know it's fun. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, how are you doing now spiritually? Here? Spiritually, um, I'm I'm maintaining. We'll say I'm maintaining. I've uh, continuing with my meditation practice. But I haven't done much else spiritually in the last week or two. No, no new learning. Um, I guess, you know, maybe new learning kind of I, I kind of have been doing doing new learning. This book, I got to pull my phone out because I can't remember the goddamn name of the book. Um, the Lucifer Principle. That's pretty good. Gets into uh, the scientific expedition into the forces of history. That's pretty damn interesting. Oh, um, so that's not necessarily uh, spiritual, um, but that can be my spiritual and my mental. Howard Bloom. Howard Bloom. Hmm. 
Um, but that's pretty good. I was suggested to me uh, by a listener. And the cool thing is, is if you're an Audible member, it's a free book. So um, I jumped right into it right away because I don't know if that's one of those things where they offer free books only for a certain amount of time and then they go away. You know how like Netflix, oh, yeah. you know, so I jumped into it right away to get through it. Pretty damn interesting, man. They grew through some really messed up stuff. Um in one of the chapters, which I messaged one of our other friends, Chris, to listen to, they talk about like uh, different tribes and different animals, uh, mammals, I guess, specifically that uh, murder babies to put the moms back in estrus. So like there's a there's a, yeah. a there's a, there's a thing that happens in a mammal's body when you're breastfeeding. It stops ovulation and stops you from being able to get pregnant again. Right. Just because you can't be popping out babies every three months so if you're still breastfeeding it stops you from being able to have babies so primates and some other mammals and even tribal like human beings have figured out that if you murder the babies then they go back into to estrus and and can produce again and so that's become a thing and that's dark that's that's real dark. dark Sounds a satanic or something. Kind of. I mean, I guess it's it's not really right. It's it's gene it's gene multiplication is what it is. You know, if if you're a if you're a if you're a gorilla, a silverback gorilla, and and you take over a, a tribe of of women gorillas, and yeah. they all have little babies. If if you you know kill their fucking babies and put them back into estrus, then your genes are the genes that get replicated and and moved on generation after generation after generation versus the genes of whoever you took over the, I guess it's not a tribe when it's gorillas, but I have to ask, I mean, it isn't the kids that are causing the continued, uh, you know, breast milk production. If they stop feeding the kids breast milk. Yeah. Yeah. If they stop, if they're not not breastfeeding, then they would go back in. But in a lot of, in, in, in gorillas, in chimpanzees and in a lot of tribes, you're, you're they're eating breast milk for years like it's not it's not just a you know with the way our 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 culture is where it's six months to nine months you know we're talking you know they're they're consuming breast milk for years so oh sounds like a, uh, that movie grown-ups right oh that was funny i, lo- I love that that fucking hey ladies we always talk about you met the saskatoon that's right and my eight-year-old walks around going hose teasers <laughs> Is no one that uh was it an eight or ten year old that was still breastfeeding yet? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think she was that old. But yeah, sure? might have been eight. Know. Yeah, he might have been close. eight because he's like, "Oh, mommy, I want some milk." <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that's that's what made me think of that. So, so anyway, spiritually, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been pretty decent, staying on the same track. Uh, I've been doing a lot of video uh, services on Sunday and uh, doing my daily readings. What's hit you lately out of service? Anything specific? Oh, uh, I don't know. Between that and the uh, um, group that I meet with on Monday mornings with uh, first responders, our relationships, ah, which is what we're talking about today, which is going to be our deep dive today. Yeah. So that seems to be kind of the, the theme that's been in my head. And um, I think it'll be good. Good, good. Uh, emotionally, um, I'm still still trying to invest a little bit of time each week into emotional intelligence, which I think. Um, just because of maybe my history and my job and everything, emotional intelligence comes fairly naturally to me. So I've never had to really invest the time into thinking about it. So that's been helping just, just putting a light on it, you know, just kind of putting my finger on it and being like, all right, let's, let's at least think about this a little bit. Yeah. EQ. Um, I honestly, I don't think I've exercised a whole lot 
on that side. Um, uh, that's that's something that I think uh, we've got to do a deep dive on. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going so. to need a I'm probably going to need a, a few weeks to be able to deep dive on emotional intelligence just because I've got to be able to take enough time to be able to adequately um, and eloquently speak about it versus like, well, um, I can use my, you know, monkey mind and talk through it, but try to be able to give people some actual takeaways from it. So, yeah. So mentally, mentally, um, mentally, the, I've been I've been in this Lucifer principle. And then I also just powered through. Um, I finished that book that we talked about in the last episode, which was, you know, like I said, I, I try to make myself do a uh, an a fiction book every once in a while. And, uh, it was, it was the ready player one or ready player two, which is the sequel to ready player one. And, uh, and I loved that man. Like I was, I, for the last hour, I was like, so into it that I just, I sat in my bedroom, um, and listened to the last hour just because I wanted to, to finish up the book. And, and that's, that's cool. Like that's when you get into something that you're really into, like I, I enjoyed that. So that was my kind of mental so Ready Player One, there's a movie on that, right? Yeah, and the movie's good. Like the movie's oh, really is. good. Yeah, my daughter loves it. We watch, you know, we bought it on Amazon, so we watch it pretty regularly. Um, I don't know if they're gonna make a Ready Player Two movie, but what it is is it's a Ready Player One. It's it's all you know. It's this Easter egg hunt inside this this digital video game that is actually virtual reality, and then Ready Player Two, the the guy the simulation that the guy that created the virtual reality actually gets a mind of its own and takes over the virtual reality and they have to get it back from him. So it's pretty cool. Well, huh? Yeah. Mentally, uh, I've been kind of breaking down the uh, knowledge that I've been uh, studying the last two weeks on the data analytics and now building uh, the workflows, charting the flow charts, Listing out the steps so that it can be, you know, repeated and uh, and leaned out, so to speak. So that's and this is exciting. developing. This is developing a saleable product, developing something that your company can can then offer as a service to customers. Uh, the company already offers that service. Okay, it's just that I don't think it's uh, realized how much value is in it. Okay, and then also how to uh, make it more efficient. So. Yeah, it's part of my career. Actually, majority of my career has just been going in operations and leaning out certain processes, create efficiencies, get the right people in place, train. So it's, you know, exciting stuff. I was talking about efficiency today. I had lunch with uh, an old friend and I was talking about efficiency today and, and how so many people keep themselves so busy just to be busy, but they're not efficient. They're not, they don't officially yeah. get much done. They're just so busy. And then you talk to them they're like, you know, how you been? Oh man, I've been so busy. And then like, what have you done? And it's like a few things that they put on their own plate. And then, a, and then that takes up a bunch of their time because they're so inefficient. And that's like, yeah. if, if you're able to become more efficient and get more done, you can give yourself more free time Yeah, to actually enjoy life. Instead yeah. of just staying busy just to because that's the, you know, oh, I'm out here grinding. I'm out here hustling. But are you really? Yeah. Or are you just fucking keeping yourself so busy trying to because that's what everybody expects of people? Yeah. In, in the manufacturing world, it's tough because a lot of people do want to just punch in and basically hammer those little big rocks and little rocks. And it's uh, once you put some metrics to it and create some efficiencies, you're not their best friend anymore. Yeah. 
all of a sudden they're like, oh, now we got to produce. Now we got to hit quotas. And then especially metrics, because then you're 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 judging them, I guess, basically. So right. Speak, yeah. They yeah. feel like they're being judged. Yeah. But, you know, in the, in the bigger picture, we're just doing it. So, I mean, you're not burning money up. So, yeah. And realistically, like it, I can't I can't make improvements if I don't know where we are right now. And if I make an improvement and it doesn't improve where we are now to where we need to be, then it's not an improvement. So right. if I'm not if I'm not taking down numbers, then how the hell am I supposed to have any idea if, if we're improving? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's the nature of the world we live in. I mean, technology creates more efficiency, commodity items, the prices, you know, and the margins keep going down. So, I mean, you kind of are forced to do this. Yeah. Because you have to stay competitive. You yep. can't just, it's not like in, it's not like in building right now where every single, it doesn't matter if you're a landscape architect or you're building houses or you're just remodeling houses or windows or doors or any of that shit. You don't need to be efficient right now because you can upbid everything so high and people are paying it. So like, why yeah. the fuck do I need to be efficient? Well, if you're efficient, you're going to make more, you're going to profit more on every job, but yeah. you don't have to be efficient to actually compete in the market. Cause right now guys are overbidding shit by 20% just because they have so much work that they're like, Oh, I'll make the money. Oh yeah. In that industry. But yeah. In my industry right now, on the, especially on the print side, I mean, it's, you know, it'd be nice to be able to educate that from at all levels on the floor and manufacturing, but uh, that's just, I don't know. It's a unique mindset. Yeah. You have to want it and you have to want to understand that. So, yeah. So, so deep dive into relationships. Yeah. Should we break it down? Should we, should we get crazy? Um, give us a little, give us a little, uh, a history of why you brought up that we should do relationships. Cause I know you kind of said it at the beginning, but this is a, common issue that people have trouble with right right i just thought because you know we're experts at relationships so um well one of us here has not had multiple divorces okay well i mean um, we'll let the listeners figure out which one of us that is but hey when i learn a lesson i like to I like to crash the plane and make sure there's nothing left of it so and and but do you need to learn lessons twice? Apparently, <laughs> I didn't learn the uh, first time. I didn't learn the first time. I had to make sure. <laughs> I had to make sure that the lesson stuck. Exactly. Um, no, we talked about uh, relationships as something that I've been going through also on the spiritual side as well. Um, part of the group I'm in, and a lot of contacts I have are in the first three, you know, respond or responders groups. Um, you're talking police, military, fire. And they're finding, I mean, there's a struggle and there's a high divorce rate. I mean, even with operators, I mean, there's a 50 plus percent, you know, divorce rate. And you're talking about police right now. The stress levels are so high. Uh, fire departments, I mean, they're going home and taking their work frustrations and work stress with them and, you know, match that with suicide. It's, it's really put a strain on, on marriages and you see a lot of, you know, divorces happening right now. There's, you know, they meet in there, they talk about, okay, maybe there's different ways of coming back home and, you know, doing reentry. So, I mean, this is all stuff that's just, it's being figured out right now to try to salvage marriages. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of kids involved too. So it's a pretty sensitive subject. And I think it's something good that, yeah, we need to talk about. 
Well, so, so like if we, if we want to take relationships, right, personal relationships can basically be divided out into a few different categories, right? We have romantic relationships, which are boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. And then we have friendship relationships and then we have family relationships. And then you can kind of talk professional relationships, but I don't think we'll get into professional relationships because really the professional relationships that that would matter in this conversation are really going to be friendships anyways. They just happen to be friendships that you met at work, right? And so right. family relationships family relationships are hard because you're either family and the only reason you have that relationship is because you're family or your friends and you just happen to be friends because you're family and have been around people that long. Right. So really, if we if we really kind of, of distill it down, it's romantic relationships and friendships. And those are the two real, right. real, you know, umbrellas that we'll talk about, I guess. So romantic relationships and these this is some some research that I did today around 40 percent divorce rate in the developed world. So. Four out of 10 people are going to get divorced if they get married and around a 60 to 70 percent separation rate in cohabitant couples. So that means that probably on average, one in two long term relationships are not going to go the distance. So if you're in a room with two other people. And you're one of them's your spouse, either you are not going to make it or the other person that's there is not going to make it. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, simply put, I mean, would you get on an airplane if one and two airplanes crashed? Right. Ooh. But so the first thing that I wanted to talk about is this kind of fairy tale ending that we expect because of our upbringing. Right. And we have we have a little bit different upbringing um, age wise. So I, mine was a little bit more based in, you know, uh, a, a movie TV sitcom type because I was a little bit younger. You probably had a little bit less of that when you were growing up. But we were we were sold this bill of goods that you have the perfect soulmate that is meant to be with you. And when you find them, it's happily ever after. Based on all those sitcoms that you saw. Sitcoms, movies, fairy fairy tale books, Disney movies, all this shit, right? Like we were sold this bill of goods. Books, stories. But how fucking realistic is that? (laughs) There's 350 million people just in the United States. Yeah, when you're a teenager and you're early and in your early twenties, I think that's what your your mindset is still trying to fulfill that Disney fairy tale ideal prince princess kind of you know environment and that's what you're looking for and if there's one person that you're meant to be with for the rest of your life what's the fucking chance that they're in your fifth grade class or your (laughs) 11th grade science chemistry class pretty fucking unlikely right probably more likely to win the lottery so first we need to dissolve that mentality and get rid of that this isn't perfect so it's not working ideal, which as you get older, you you realize that. But um, relationships take fucking work on yeah. both sides. Yeah. Right. No, no I totally believe that. 
I guess, crashing and burning, you know, twice real bad. I mean, I don't have a great history, but I have learned some lessons. Well, so like, who do you want? Who do you want to learn from the guy who's never driven a car or the guy who's crashed two fucking cars? <laughs> I'm going to learn how not to crash from the guy who's done it twice. <laughs> right. I can tell you what not to do. Um, so I separated my notes into friendships and romantic relationships. Um, excuse me. So with friendships, um, watched a few Ted talks, did a little bit of research and I have a quote here from Aristotle wishing to be friends is quick work, but friendships are a ripening fruit. And the Kansas City study that they just released a little while ago said that just become casual friends takes 40 to 60 hours on average. So that means that if you have if you have somebody that you see at a barbecue once a month. And it's an hour long barbecue that you see them at, it would take 40 months. Of a barbecue every single month to just become casual friends. Really? Yeah. Hmm. We're talking, okay. you know, the step from acquaintance to casual friends. Because okay. acquaintances is basically like, you know, the person, you know, their name. You could say hi to them in a, in a convenience store or, you know, a grocery store. Right. Casual friends is somebody that you would consider a friend, but not somebody a good friend. So that's 40 to 60 hours to be considered a good friend. We're talking 80 to 100 hours on average. So first of all, when you think about how busy we are as adults, what we have for extra time, it starts to make sense why we're not necessarily building new friendships at 30, 40, 50 years old, right? Because do you even have 40 to 100 hours for a spouse? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then to be considered... Close friends, we're talking over 200 hours. Oh. Hmm, I wonder how they uh, measure that out. Huh? Um, you know, it's probably all uh, think of who you're think of who your your close friends. You probably separate your friends out and then they probably, you know, have you think back as to how long it was before you would consider them this friend. So it's probably, you know, it's all it's not necessarily as scientific as like a double blind placebo study, but it's all based off of questionnaires. Yeah. So, but I mean, that would make sense though. Right. Like, and, and you start to think about how hard it is to make good friends. So invested. Yeah. And here, here's some steps to building friendships and gaining friendships and maintaining friendships. Um, First be deliberate with your time. Because like if I'm sitting next to you and we're watching like a TV show, that hour is going to be way less impactful on our friendship than if we're sitting here for an hour having one of these conversations or we're doing firing practice and having a conver- and having deep conversations or we're climbing a fucking mountain or doing a workout together. Like those are all going to be way more deliberate, way more beneficial hours than if we're just, you know. Hey, you want to come scroll Instagram next to me? <laughs> Quality time versus quantity time. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's a big thing is with your time. All friendships take time. Right. Now, when you think about your past and I don't know if you notice it as much, but I notice it um, in my household is like, well, 
why hasn't so-and-so reached out in the last six months or why? And it's not necessarily a negative thing, but like why? Ha- well, I, I would reach out to him, but he hasn't reached out to me. Right. But if two people are both waiting for somebody else to reach out, nobody's ever going to hear from anybody. Right. Right. So like be the leader, be the organizer, be the bigger person, be the one that reaches out to people and makes plans. Yeah. You know, that's uh, what you're saying there. I mean, is something probably the biggest lesson that I've learned about relationships crashing and burning is that, I mean, all relationships I'm realizing are there's a scale, right? And both ends. One end is expectations. Everybody always has an expectation going into a relationship, especially romantic relationships, right? Yes. And on the other end is what they really experience. And more often than not, what they experience is always less than what the expectations are. And then you got that gap in the middle. And that gap in the middle, I learned this from my my last marriage. My last marriage was the complete opposite of what it should have been. Um, You know, the gap, if it's a, a great relationship, that gap usually is filled by believing the best in somebody. And that's called trust. And uh, if that gap is filled negatively, that's always assuming the worst. It's kind of like, uh, you know, a perfect example is when I was at Walmart and I'm waiting in line and I'm waiting in line like seven deep because, you know, there wasn't enough cashiers. Well, all of a sudden I get a, a, a message on my phone that said, you know, what's taking you so long? What are you doing? You know, assuming that I'm doing something dastardly, right? Yeah. You know, or same thing at Woodman's on a Saturday. Dastardly. Uh, I love that fucking word. I'm going to start using oh, that. Dastardly. That, that was the, Sorry, uh, go ahead. Keep no, going. That was the argument word I use a lot. Is like, hey, I'm not, I'm standing in line. I'm not doing anything dastardly. I just uh, bought some groceries like and batteries. So it's, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing is the two choices to fill that gap is, are you going to believe the best out of that person? Um, or are you just going to assume the worst? If you assume the worst, I guess what? It's always going to be a competition. You know, you're always going to be looking for that person to fail, which tells you, hey, you don't trust that person at all. Yeah. So if there's no trust, there's no relationship. Yep. Yeah, that goes with the with the relationships. Um, ask, don't assume. Right. Right. Because if you make that negative assumption. First of all, there are negative people. There are negative people that walk around with negative mindsets all day long. And so if they're. An assumption is not necessarily positive or negative. You could assume that someone is doing something good or you could assume that someone is doing something bad. But if you're overall a negative mindset person, then you're always going to assume the worst. Right. right? Well, it goes back to what you're talking about is the friends that you haven't talked to in a while. If both parties are sitting back and wondering, well, so-and-so didn't text me for, you know, three months and then the other one's doing the same. It's this separate competition about okay well I, I may not trust that person is that why that's why they're not reaching out to me which is funny yeah because today i was talking to a buddy of mine and i texted him because i was like hey you know i'm thinking of going to an air show and you know blah 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 i need some information and and it's in his backyard so also i look back i was like man that's a long text it's kind of outdated last time i texted him was you know january of this year but, you know, I just text them anyway because I just, you know, we always assume the best, you know. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends that way you don't see for a year, two, yep. three, four, or five at a reunion or something. And and they're still, you know what, they're still the same person. You never assume the worst that they, you know, didn't get a hold of you because they're pissed off at you. Yeah. 
And he just responded the same way. He's like, yeah, I know. I, I just kept thinking, I got to reach out to you. And i just been busy. He's got a young kid and, you know, he's been posting on social media. So, you know, we kind of keep in touch that way. So it's just, yeah, it really comes down to trust, right? Yeah. I mean, you're the one, you're the one who's still married. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. No. And, and, and in friendships, like once you've built a friendship, maintaining the friendship also takes time. And it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be constant contact, but it does need to be some sort of contact. And who better to make that some sort of contact than you? Why wait for them to do it? So hell, at, when you're sitting on the shit house every morning, right? Go through your fucking contacts and text five people that you haven't talked to in a month. Hey, what you been up to? How's everything going? That's all I got to say. Five people, no, five true, people yeah. a day. How many, how many, that'd be 150 people. I don't even have 150 people on my phone. I don't think in a month, right? Two people a day, whatever. Just pick people that you haven't talked to in a while that you, that you were friends with or are friends with and just say, Hey, how's everything going? Yeah. We all sit on the shit house and do dumb shit. Scroll social media. I look at fucking car auctions all the time for no apparent reason. <laughs> Make, you know, Take five minutes and do yeah. it right. Do something that's going to improve. Shoot five texts. Yeah. Scary part is now you're going to have five texts back. You got to respond to. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> These are, you're not sending them to fucking people you don't like. Right. Although you if, send, you, if you look at my, my text history though, it might look bad because sometimes there's some, there's guys I just go, Hey, what's up fucker? Yeah. No, that's okay. Most people get all offended. No, but, no, you but, know, that, these but guys are you're good. not you're not going to send that to like some girl that you worked with. Like, what up, cunt? Like, you're not going to excuse that <laughs> language. That that is not going to go over the internet. Well, I enjoy that word. Most people do not enjoy that word. I'm sorry. Pretend I'm British, right? Because they use that all the time. Or Australian. Yeah, it's just a normal word. Yeah. Australian is is a completely normal British. over there. Um, another thing for improving friendships is one on one time versus group time group time is great right like you get a bunch of people together it's a ton of fun but if you're sitting at a dinner right you go out for dinner with with five friends and you and one friend are let's say car people since i just brought that up and like me and you are sitting there and we're car people and the other three that are there are not car people and we start talking in depth about the new i was just talking about the bronco right and we start talking in depth about the new ford bronco that's coming out and we talk about you know the specs and the suspension and like what it's supposed to do and the different options like the other three people are going to be bored as shit and then right. you and i might cut that conversation short because we don't want to make them feel bored Whereas if it was just you and I and we were having that conversation or me and one of the other people there or you and one of the other people there, your conversation is going to flow more naturally and you're going to build better friendships that way and still do the group stuff, but also make sure that you're you're consciously making one on one time. Yeah. Or just start talking politics and then you can really test out if they're really oh, going to be good there friends you or go. not. Really, really chase <laughs> them out. Um, help out and ask for help. I know that's one thing that I've that me and my wife have talked about a lot with with our friends is like. We don't like asking for help. We don't like taking help. We're usually the people that people ask for help. But I don't know if it's a pride thing or that's just how I was raised. Um, but letting people help you sometimes, even if it's even if you don't need need the help, letting them help you, because I know the feeling that I get when I help people. And that's a good feeling. That's a beneficial feeling. If I'm not letting anyone help me, then I'm keeping them from enjoying that beneficial feeling right yeah you know so allowing people to help you once in a while 
Yeah. And then also doing some dumb, doing some shit you don't like. Like the biggest thing that comes to mind is moving. Like I fucking hate moving. Well, but if, if got, a friend if a asks truck. you to help him move, <laughs> right? Put in the time. If you have a truck, you're guaranteed. Yeah. People ask you to help move. Yeah. You got a truck and a trailer. It's even worse. Truck, truck and trailer. And they think that you're, you know, you go to the gym for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So you no can, other reason other than help them yeah, move. Yeah. So you can move furniture. Yeah, exactly. But that's, it's that type of shit. It's, it's, it's doing things, especially hard things that cement friendships. Because if you think about what a friendship is, is a friendship is like our current modern day tribe for what we you know we evolved for a hundred thousand years in tribes and those tribes were rarely more than they they're expecting about a hundred to 150 people because that's where you kind of lose contact um it's called dunbar's number is what it is and uh so what what is a friendship now a friendship now is like what your tribe members were before and how did you pick the tribe members that you really wanted to spend time with well there are people that you trusted people that you knew had your back and people that you enjoy spending time with. Well, how did you know that? Because you went through some hard shit, whether it was hunting or gathering or fighting off other tribes or whatever it was, you went through hard shit. Yeah. So going through hard shit now, even if it's just tough mutters or dumbass CrossFit workouts or whatever it is, do some hard shit with some people. Yeah. We talk a lot about tribes. What tribe are you from? Me? I'm white as shit tribe. <laughs> um, I'm actually like 70% Irish. So you're an Irish tribe? Yeah. I like to tell people I'm from the what the fuck are we tribe. There we go. What the fuck are we? Um, and then the last one that I had for this is this is the last one that I have for friendships is just what we talked about before, which is maintaining friendships, drop lines, reach out to people, say, hey, what's up? How you been? What have you been up to? What do you think about this new fucking Bronco? I'm on the Bronco kick because right. I was looking at them. I saw one in a parking lot today, and they're they're pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. kind of like them. I've seen a couple. They're cute. No, no, no. You're looking at the little ones, so there's two of them. you seen the big one? Yeah. Okay. The ones I saw were, like, cute. So, so their thing, and, and this is totally off topic, is they're going after Jeep. So they made one that's like the Jeep Compass. That's the Bronco Sport. That's the one that you see, you've seen everywhere now. When I saw that, I'm like, this is dumb. Like, I, I do not, like, what are they doing? They're not, they're not actually going to do anything with this. Then I saw one of the ones today, the full-size Bronco, and they're like the original 72 Bronco. They're nice. Hmm. So you got to see one of those because yeah, that was the first thing I saw open. that first Bronco Sport. I'm like, well, this is fucking dumb. It was okay. like when they made the Supra, the Toyota Supra. Yeah. Did you see that original new Toyota Supra, the concept? No, I didn't see the concept. Okay, so the concept the was the concept was like a was like the old Supras. Long, stretched out, gorgeous body lines. And then all of a sudden they're like, let's cut like 24 inches off of it and use the BMW X1 chassis and just put our motor in it. And then we got what we got now. No, oh, really. It's basically a Mazda Miata with steroids. Oh, yeah. Or it looks like whatever that FRS is. Yeah. Yeah. Like Toyota or Cyan. Yep. Whatever I think. Uh, so it's the same exact car that Toyota made. Toyota made one. Cyan and Subaru. And it's all the same oh, body. Really? Yeah. It's all the oh, same wow. body, just different drivetrain. Hmm. So now the thick of the thick relationships. Romantic relationships. Huh? Wah, wah, wah. 
So great TED Talk. I don't know if you guys like TED Talks. You ever watch TED Talks? Yeah. So great TED Talk by Dr. Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings, um, who are both relationship counselors, PhD or masters um, in psychology and their relationship counter uh, counselors. And they have these these four habits of the most successful relationships because they've been doing this forever, right? Like they've been doing it for, they looked fairly old. So probably let's say 25 years they've been doing it. So they've narrowed it down to like the four habits that the all relationships that succeed have. And I'll just go over them here, but it's be curious, not critical. So that's the, uh, you know, how can we fix this? Not you're doing this to me. How can we fix this? And then be careful, not crushing, which I am not so good at sometimes because I'm a little bit of a bull in a china shop. Um, Ask, don't assume, which that goes back to right what you were talking about, right? Like not always assuming the negative and communicate value and appreciate rather than the controlling your or rather than your constructive feedback, because we're really good, especially as men at giving constructive criticism. We always want to solve problems. If you do this, it might solve it. If you do this, it might solve it. Oh, yeah. But is that always what they want from us? Nope. No, it's not. I screwed up enough to know that. Right. And one of the biggest things with especially personal relationships is, right, it comes down to you got to work on you. Communication and adding value. So first and most important, in my opinion, is you need to actually be able to communicate. Real communication. Talk about things that bother you. Right. And you got to have trust for that. Yes. Got to have trust to communicate. Even if it's something that's really, really dumb and you're embarrassed to say, bring it up because if you don't get it out, it's going to eat you and then it's going to come out in the way you treat your spouse. One thing that I'm, that I'm really thinking of as we talk about this is how does one deal with a relationship with a spouse that doesn't want to put in the work, which I'm assuming was a little bit of your problem, right? Yeah. I mean, people that don't think they need the change aren't going to put any energy to making the change. So what the fuck do you do then? Oh, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's, it's like friendships. I mean, if you're in a toxic friendship, right. Or if you have a toxic family relationship, right. Are you going to stay in that? No. I mean, family relationship. So let's say it's a sibling. Let's say it's a parent. Okay. Listener is a parent. Yep. And it's a, a constant toxic relationship. And I guarantee they probably have said either once or twice or three times, try to create a discussion, right? Try to communicate. But you have one party that doesn't want to put any energy or feel that they're even in the wrong. So, you know, I mean, what do you do? Yeah, because if it's a friendship, you just drop them, yeah. right? But it's a, it's a, it's either, let's say it's a let's wife, say it's a, let's say it's let's a say wife it's, or yeah. a mom. 
Yep. Right? Because we're both men. So I'm just going to use those two. Not that wife and... It's a father, too. Okay, yeah. We can All say right. it's father. Right. What do you do? How do you handle yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do have to, you know, cut your losses and move forward. Yeah. You, know, you make your statement, and if they're not willing to move forward, you know, you can't put yourself in the line of fire for the rest of your life. I mean, it's toxic to you, toxic to your health, to your spirituality, you know, mentally, emotionally. So... You know, it's it's tough love is what it is. It sounds like it's horrible, but you know what? It it's tough love for yourself and for that other person. And maybe they'll come around and you know what? Maybe they won't, but at least you're able to move forward and, and create a better self. And that's all you can do. So a mom and a dad, we can establish that if you have a toxic relationship. So none of this shit that we're talking about today is going to work. If both people aren't involved. Right. Right. Both people have to be involved for any of these beneficial things that we're talking about to improve your relationships work. So I guess that's our first that's our first fork in the road. Right. Mm -hmm. Is do we both want to get better? So that's our that's our that's the top of our what's what's the chart where it starts with one thing and then goes off into all the other fingers. What's the name for that chart? You know, it's like one big ball at the top and then it goes and then you got all the different lines that go to other balls. Vertical flow chart. Vertical flow chart. Yes. So our biggest, our first separation of flow is do we both want to get better? Right. And I think that that is, that's a, that's the first question, whether it is a romantic relationship or a family relationship. Yeah. Right. And a friendship too, but really like a friendship, you just, if you know whether they want to improve your friendship, if they don't, then you just fucking cut it off, whatever. Right. But so family and family and and romantic relationship, do you both want to get better? Yeah. Especially marriage. I mean, there's a huge tie to that. And the thing is, is, you know, do you really, the only thing you can control is yourself, right? Yes. 100%. So the first thing you have to check is check yourself at the door and just say, you know, Hey, am I really genuinely want to get better? Because a lot of this can be, you know, my last marriage is, you know, dealing with somebody that, you know, wants to quote, work on it as long as you're working on it. Yes. And that's how they see, quote, both people working on it is if they see you working on it, which is kind of, you know, hopefully that came out clear. But like I said, for me being in that, I mean, all I could do is say, you know what, I'm a stupid ass idiot. So the only thing I can do is, you know, I'll go back to to one thing that I went over in my head and over and over again is, you know, a Bible verse, obviously. And it's the one that is pretty secularized. It's on every Valentine's Day card. You know, First Corinthians 13 is every card that you pick up. So it talks about, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or love does not envy is what, you know, the scripture says, but. I had to run in my head, okay, am I being loving? You know, love is patient, love is kind. Love is somebody that doesn't get jealous of, you know, somebody else. It doesn't boast or, you know, basically what it means is one-up each other, which, you know, my my marriage was a big issue with, you know, constant one-upping. And uh, it's not not so proud. It lets the other person shine, right? You know, you're able to say, hey, you know what? You look great in that. Why don't you go out, you know, wearing this? You know, oh, I'd love to see in this or, you know, or you got these great talents. Let's, you know, spend some time developing these talents and you can go do this, start your own business or something. Um, you know, it doesn't dishonor others. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's not self-seeking, which is pretty obvious. And it's not easily angered, 
which, you know, I don't want to go into that one. And the biggest thing is it doesn't keep records of wrongs, which is exactly what the verse says, you know, a scorecard, because, you know, I've been in relationships where there's a scorecard. Well, you get in an argument, then all of a sudden there's like all these other things that supposedly did wrong, like five, 10 years ago. Right. And that brings it up on the scorecard. Like it's ammo. Like I need to make up for all that. So, you know, it ends as it always protects. And like we just talked about always trusts or assume or believes the best in the person always hopes and always perseveres. And that's all the thing. That's the only thing that I'm like, you know, I'm too stupid to understand the whole theory of romantic relationships, but that's the one thing that's a staple that, uh, that I can go back to and, you know, really test the waters with. So, and we're all fuck ups, right? Like that's, that's what you're not. No, I'm totally a fuck up, (laughs) totally a fuck up. Um, but we all are like, everybody makes mistakes. So first off, I guess this goes back to one of our very early podcasts, but a growth mindset, right? Like understanding that if your spouse makes a mistake or comes home pissed off or fucks up and doesn't do something you ask them to do or misses a, 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 a <laughs> sometimes words just are hard, an anniversary or anything like that. Like that's, that's your scorecard that you're talking about. Does not keep a scorecard. Like I fucked up. I am so sorry. I am going to try to improve whatever I fucked up on. And you take it at that. You take it at its face value. And then you move forward because we've already gotten past the, we both want to, We both want to improve our relationship. We both want to have a great relationship like that right there. The communication needs to be opened up. Do we have a perfect relationship? No, no relationship is perfect. So then we move on past that. So then we split it up into we're going to improve our communication. Let me get my notes out here. We're going to improve our communication. We're both going to add value and we're both going to control our emotions. And if you can get those three things down and it, and when I, when I mean get down, I don't just mean like, you're never going to check the box. Like, Oh, I'm done. I'm done getting my, I'm, we're done communicating. We did that last week. Right. We don't need to communicate no right. more. It's like getting squared away. It's like getting squared away. Constant communication. How often have you had something that bothered you in your mind And you let it ruminate in there, even if it's something little, something stupid, you let it ruminate in there. And then it affects the way that you talk to your spouse. Whereas if you just bring it out and say it, the fucking magic is out of the hat and you move on. Yeah, I think that's the that's the key to a lot of the first responders is, uh, man, there's a there's a lot of shit you got to deal with all day long. Or even I'd say 24 hour plus shifts and you come home, you, the best thing you can do is, is you got to be open about what you're feeling because otherwise it's just going to come out as an emotion. It could come out as frustration. You could blame your spouse for, you know, something that is totally unrelated, but it is related underneath. So, you know, that's, that's yeah, perfect point. You need to communicate that. So, Let's let's bring this around to that specific subset of people. So that subset of people, the 
from what I gather, the worst thing that's happening is the stress is coming home, personally affecting person A, who is the one feeling the stress, and affecting person B, C, D, so we'll say the rest of the family, wife and kids. It's affecting all of those people because of how it affects person A. So right there, learning to deal with your stress is going to be a biggest thing for you, the man in the mirror, right? Like we can, yeah. like, like we talked about, we only have control over ourselves. So that is a totally different podcast is dealing with that stress. Yeah. Learning how to mitigate stress, learning how to look at stress, because I remember a Ted talk and I would have to look this one back up and I do not remember what it is. Um, but they separate out the type of people who look at stress positively and the type of people that look at stress negatively. And it's it's a mindset thing. It's how stress is, is perceived. And the people that perceive stress generally negatively have like a 20% shorter life expectancy. Because we all have stress. We all deal yeah. with stress. But if you're looking at it negatively it physically affects you. It affects your health. It affects your mental well-being. It affects your relationships around you, which then affect your health. Whereas if you're looking at it positively, working out in the gym is stress. Pushing yourself at work to become better, that's stress. But those are positive stressors. Those are stressors that then have a reaction. So I think that's a totally different deep dive to take one of these days is is how to mitigate, handle, and look at stress. But as far as the relationships at home, so let's say that you're you're working on your stress. You're working on how to handle that. So then we get home. We need to be able to communicate. Communication, number one, most important, biggest thing with relationships at home. Yeah, I think that's hard for, for men especially. Very you know, much. Especially men in those uh, fields that we're talking about is – you know, I mean, the first step is to be able to communicate that, hey, you know, I, I struggled that day or, you know, I, I saw this, you know, a kid that died. You know, you have to communicate that out for the other person to even, you know, remotely understand what you're dealing with at that point. I'll be the first I'll be the first one to say and I'm not I'm not the most manly man, fucking rugged, you know, individual cutting logs in the fucking woods. But I will be the first one to say that. Being able to talk about your emotions and talk about your feelings does not make you weak. No, it does not. I totally agree. Yeah. Which is a, which is a problem that we have in our society here with men is, is the feeling that being able to talk about your emotions makes you weak. And that's bullshit. We need to cut that. Like we need to cut that head right off the snake. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, intimacy, I think everybody associates uh, intimacy with just sex, but. Intimacy is also, you know, being able to be, you know, fully open and that's in communication and everything else. And, you know, if you have that intimacy with your spouse, you should be able to feel comfortable bringing anything up. You should be able to feel comfortable, especially if you trust. Yep. And with that trust comes being able to put things out there that you wouldn't put out there to anybody. Yeah. But being able to put those out there with the person that you love, the person that you were trying to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. That's the person that's your go-to, you know, that's your home, that's your comfort. So communication in all aspects, 
communication, how you're feeling communication. If you think something's off communication, if, if you are an, if you're a not trusting person, let's, let's put it out there. Cause there's a lot of people that do not trust people, whether it's because they were untrustworthy in their past. Cause a lot of times in relationships, that's what happens. Right. Um, especially when you're younger, if you look at like the girlfriends or boyfriends that you had throughout history, the ones that were the least trusting were the ones that were also the least trustworthy because they were probably doing things. And then subconsciously yeah. that made them think you were doing things. That's generally how that works. So let's say you're a non-trusting person and you, you are concerned that, uh, your spouse goes to the quick trip on the other side of town because you think that she has somebody that works there that she likes when she could go to the quick trip right there. Instead of letting shit like that ruminate and bother you, bring it up. Yeah. Why do you go to that quick trip over there? Well, you know, the manager at this quick trip does not keep the fruit clean and it really bothers me. So I go over there to get bananas and apples because they actually keep up with their fruit. Oh shit, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Whereas I could sit on that for fucking months, let it cause this big negative issue. Yeah. And before you get to that point of communicating, I mean, when you start realizing is that, oh, she goes that other quick trip, you know, from that time that you realize that from the time you communicate, you know, that's that gap we're talking about. It's, you know what, you're, if you really have trust and love in that relationship, you know what, you're going to believe the best. Like you said, maybe it's, uh, you know, they got better shit burgers there. I don't know. Yeah. That crap that's in the warmers yeah, that they have in there. Yeah. And that's why she goes. And you know what? Leave it as that until you guys talk about it. Yeah. Instead of being that person that just lets it ruminate. And then before you know it, you get in that conversation, you're you're in heated and, you know, all guns blown. And yeah, it's just. So we're back working yeah. on ourselves. Yeah. We're back at exactly. working on ourselves prior to communication. So yeah. from the time the emotion clicks, the time that you have that thought, we're going to have a positive mindset, not a negative mindset. And our positive mindset is going to assume that there is a logical reason. And then we are going to communicate. Yeah. And then when we communicate, a logical reason comes out and then that's going to build our trust. Yeah. Because if I'm already assuming the worst, you know what? Then it's either I have a real problem in that yep. relationship yep. or that relationship may be shouldn't be yeah and, and i i think all relationships can be if both people want to improve yeah no matter how bad the relationship is i still don't have an answer for what to do with a marriage with young kids if one kid if one spouse does not want to improve so i have no answer there i'm not there yet yeah, that's that's tough. Like I said, if, when I, it, at some point it gets so toxic that that you know what I mean. I, I divorced twice. Yeah, it was to a point where the toxicity would really cause a divide with the kids. You were in a financially stable position where a divorce did not send your family into poverty. I think that's that's good. That's really healthy that you were there. But I think there are a ton of people who stay together because of the finances, a, a single parent household with two sets of expenses, one income, 
one home worker that would that would send their kids very negatively emotional, very negative emotional places. And I'm not saying that you have like, I'm not saying stay together. Like if you're in a toxic relationship, I'm not saying stay together, but I'm saying that that's something that that's something that we need to take multiple steps further than just get out. Right. No, I mean, I think there is a, like I said, people should put their energy into keeping it together. Yes. Like if I was to give anybody advice with my, you know, blazing smoke trails, I would probably say, yeah, you know, do everything you can don't ever get a divorce. It sucks ass in every which way. And watching your kids go through that, that's, you know, that's the worst thing. And, and I learned that probably later in life. But, you know, if there's a situa- situation where it's just it's toxic and you've gone through counseling and tried whatever you can, if you don't have that energy from the other party. Yep. And that's a problem. You're just going to, yeah, you're either going to burn yourself out or the kids eventually are going to feel you know, that tension yeah. in the house. So yeah, at some point, yeah, you just have to weigh a lot of this out. So one man in the mirror, yep. work on yourself. yourself always first, be yep. improving yourself. Always be working on yourself Two, communicate emotions. Um, whether that be communicating stress, communicating trust issues, communicating how you feel, communicating whatever emotions next is communicating expectations because If you expect something from your spouse, whether it's something you expected them to do, a way you expect them to handle a situation, something that you expected them to know and they didn't know it, and you never communicate an expectation to them, you are looking to be let down. So communicate expectations. All of these are communicate other than working on yourself. So do you think, uh, as far as expectations, do you think that should be also minimizing your expectations? I don't think that you should minimize your expectations. I think in some angles, yes, you should minimize your expectations. But I think having expectations in someone is is believing that they are able to accomplish things, believing they are great, believing they have talents, believing that they can be efficient, believing they can rise to an occasion. And I think expectations are good. But I think that if you never communicate those expectations, how the fuck are they supposed to know that you have right. that expectation? Right. I think it's important that uh, you specify those. Yes. Because otherwise a lot of people may look at your expectations like you know, I had a, a spouse that expected the dishwasher to be loaded a certain way and was not communicating that other than, you know, what do you call that? Uh, oh, passive aggressively. So, you know, I think those expectations are a little petty. Well, well so, so yes, petty expectations, but petty is petty is a problem no matter what, right? Like it doesn't matter if it's a petty expectation or if it's a, a, petty argument or it's yeah, you know petty, what I mean? petty usually there there's absolutely no truth or rationale to it other than yes. they just want to be able to knock you down a little more yep sometimes people feel better when they just you know slap somebody else down a couple of pegs yeah um first off let's 
go with let's start relationships with people that are good people. Let's start. Let's start. True. Let's make let's make our <laughs> pie with good ingredients. How about that? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Let's start with nice, good, fresh berries before we expect a pie to taste delicious. Because I don't care if you got shit berries that a fuck they got bird shit all over them. That pie is not going to taste good no matter what. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um. So that I guess yeah, we kind of need to turn up. Yes, we kind of need to put that out there. But yes, communicate. So work on yourself. Make sure you are getting squared away. Make sure you are able to deal with your stress. We will take another deep dive on that because now after this conversation, I think that is a very, very important deep dive for us to take. So dealing with your stress, communicate your emotions, make sure that you're communicating positive and negative. So positive communication, also very important Yeah. because what's the old saying? Um, People go where they're allowed and stay where they feel appreciated. I think that's the saying, something like that. But right, like you're going to go somewhere, you'll go a lot of places, but where you really feel appreciated is where you want to be. Right. So make sure that you are appreciating your spouse and appreciating everything he or she does. Yeah, no, that's key. Right? Like that's very important. I know I, I love to hear that. I love to hear when I'm appreciated and I'm sure everybody else does too. And I appreciate how awesome my fucking wife is. So everybody that's listening to this, my wife's fucking awesome because she's going to listen to this and I want her to know that I appreciate everything. I know. And I can't think of any really solid bad jokes I can tell right now to make her laugh, but you can't because she's awesome. (laughs) So ha, you fucking stumped Martin. You stumped my Asian comedy hour. Oh my gosh. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, it's you got to think the best of people and you got to the best relationships are those that, you know, what each person's bringing the best out of each other. And I think, you know, like I said, being a real simpleton and having to really have to create everything broken down so I can understand it. It's, you know, look at, you know, being single is, is meeting people is like you're running this journey. Right? Life is a, is a marathon. We always talk about that. And you're just running along and the people that, you know, your friends and in romantic, you know, interests are people that run in that same direction. And it's to me, it's like looking at it and looking over and say, hey, oh, wow. Hey, you're going this way. OK, well, let's run together. And the ones that, you know, you're going to trip and fall along the way, they're going to trip and fall along the way. But if you're helping each other up instead of pushing each other down, you know, I mean, that might be the quote, the good berries going into that yeah, pie. 100%. So I'm going to pull up. I'm going to read a thing that I wrote to both my kids um, before we end. But before that, I want to hit a few of the biggest, 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 biggest issues in relationships. No. Right? Okay. Money. Mm-hmm. Sex. And attention. We'll say non-sexual attention. Okay. okay. Money. Attention. Oh. Money almost always an issue whether it's, it's biggest stress causer biggest stress causer right so communicate your expectations if you think that your spouse is spending too much communicate that do it intelligently do not be a fucking asshole but communicate it because if you don't communicate it how the fuck are they supposed to know what you think so have the hard conversations early 
before they get so blown out of proportion <laughs> that when you let them go, it's like a steam kettle blowing up. Because so that's fun. what most people do. <laughs> so just because something's on sale doesn't mean it's always great to just buy it. If something is on sale from $100 to $50, but you didn't need it, you didn't save $50. You still spent <laughs> still $50. Fucking all, dollars. all right. Okay. So I want to make that clear. Yes. And that goes for men and women. Yeah, but what if you can get a Denali for ten grand under? Oh, what if I what, I, what, I can I need I need more guns and I need more tools <laughs> and they're always worth what I pay for them. Oh yeah, that's right. Right? No depreciation there. It's an um, investment. No, 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 no. Hold on, because you forget inflation. So if you buy a thousand dollar gun and you sell it for $1,000 10 years from now, you lost $200. Oh my goodness. Right? All right, you're not helping the situation. Okay, I'm, I'm just be, I wanted to make sure that that part of this conversation was geared towards both sexes because um, I don't want it to be just women spend too much money because fucking men spend too much money too. Everybody spends too much money. I thought about doing this podcast on cons- conspicuous consumption after my wife started talking <laughs> to me about it, but. Men tend to spend the big dollar items. Yes. Yeah. Big a few, items, a big, few big dollar items versus, you know, slowly dripping the pot dry. Yeah. Yes. Sex. Sex. Number, oh. I would say tied with number one for money for the issue. Wow. Based on. I think so. Just my, just my sure. opinion of, of conversations that I have with people. Right. Communicate expectations. Communicate expectations. Communicate needs. Communicate wants. Work on your fucking self. If you come home every day and expect your wife to just swoon over you, good fucking luck. Make her feel sexy. Buy her something that makes her feel sexy. Tell her how sexy she looks in a specific item of clothing that she has. Tell her how much you love her hair, her smile. Grab her ass when you walk by. Do things to elicit sexual contact instead of just expecting it because you're married. Because guess what? That shit doesn't fucking work. Pretend you have to pick your wife up at a bar. How would you pick her up? Jeez, that's some serious role playing there. I'm saying pretend so that you are actually thinking it's cueing that it's cueing that thought in your head. Like, how do I need to how how would I act if I didn't already know this woman or if I only knew her in a friendship level and I wanted to get in her pants? So make her feel attractive, make her feel attractive, because I think that 90 percent of sexual problems in a relationship is because a man expects it. And a woman doesn't feel like doing it. All right. Do you want her to fucking have sex with you when she doesn't want to? No, that's not enjoyable. But I'll fuck a fuck doll before that. No, that's true. I want her to want me. How am I going to do that? I don't know. What about uh, if she got her hands full in the kitchen and you pants her in the kitchen? Yeah, there okay. you go. I mean, but don't point and laugh because that's not going to work. <laughs> Because if she oh, pants you, if she pants you and pointed and laughed, your <laughs> ego would be hurt it. for days, days and days. Oh, but guys are disgusting. So yeah. Um. 
So that's my biggest thing with the sex issue is do not yeah. just expect it. Fucking work for it. Yeah. You know, I do hear when it is complaints between couples, it's usually the guy saying that the frequency's not there. And then the, the gal complaining that it's, you know, he's not romantic or, you know, doesn't make her feel attractive. So that probably is true. Okay. So this attention then. Yes. Non-sexual attention. This is your spouse being your friend. You two doing things together, taking date night seriously. Basically having a relationship again, a real relationship, not cohabitating because cohabitating is easy. Cohabitating. Is that right? Cohabitating. Yeah, cohabitating. Yeah. Wordsmithing. Is easy. I'll pay this bill. You pay that bill. I'll pick up the kids here. You make dinner these nights. We'll go to bed. You go to the grocery store. I'll get the kids up in the morning. That's cohabitating. Have a fucking relationship. Do things with just your spouse. Not you and your spouse and your kids all the time. You and your spouse and your friends all the time. Date your spouse. Date your spouse like you did when you're trying to get in her pants. Right? Well, it sounds like most guys are still trying to get in their pants. So, yes, you're right. <laughs> so take her to the grocery store and pants her in the middle of the aisle. No. There you go. No. Give her attention. Two, two Give birds. her attention like you would if you did not already win her heart. Talk to her about deep issues. Have amazing conversations. Look at the stars together. Go on long drives. Have a dinner where neither of you look at your fucking phone. You look each other in the eyes and you have a conversation. Talk about what you want to do 20 years from now together. Make plans. Set goals. Ask her what she wants out of life. Talk to her about things that you can do to help her become the most amazing fucking human being she can possibly become. Because that's if you really love her, if you really love your wife or if you really love your husband, you want the absolute best for them no matter what. The absolute best. Is that how you get her to mow the lawn for you? She loves mowing the fucking lawn. She enjoys it for real. But yeah, I mean, is that my giant dick? No, I'm just kidding. Um, All right, they're tic-tac. Yeah, right? But date your spouse. Date them. Don't just be married to them. Don't just cohabitate with them. Date them. Treat them like your best friend. Give them attention because guess what? If you don't, somebody else will. And that yeah. doesn't mean that they're gonna it doesn't mean that they're gonna cheat on you. But if someone else is giving them the attention, they're going to enjoy it. Right? Well, I'm I mean we notes. Yeah, see? Solving fucking world's problems one at a time. <laughs> oh my right. god, we're way over an hour. Um, okay. One, man in the mirror. Work on yourself. Two, 
communicate emotions. Three, communicate expectations. Those three pretty much cover if you're both willing to work on things. Yeah. Fill the gap. Fill the gap. Money, talk about it. Like these, I covered these three because these are the three like biggest complaints. Money, talk about it. Talk about it good. Talk about it bad. Just talk about it. Don't ruminate. Talk about it. Sex, work for it. Don't just fucking expect it. Attention, date your spouse. And learn the ABCs. Learn the ABCs. That's a gunny lingus joke, my ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. All right. Man. Are we good? Wrap. Wrap it up. Adios, y'all. Hopefully you guys go on a date this week. <laughs> <laughs>